Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. The Gospel of John, chapter 5. If I can just take a few moments and, and talk to you of something that God's really just laid on my heart. The next few weeks, last the several weeks, we've talked about uh, things the Bible has said. We did kind of a mini-series. It was on some tough topics. Transgenderism, transgenderism is one of the topics we talked about. Uh, we talked about pandemics. We tried to do some things, but we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about inconspicuous people in the Bible. Inconspicuous people in the Bible. Say that three times real fast. That's a $3 word, but it's people, you know, usually the Bible's full of, uh, we talk, the stories we tell, the sermons we preach are about Moses and Abraham and Peter and Paul. We use those names like that, but do you realize there's some Ahishamaks and some Eliathas and some Jabezes and some Mordecais in the Bible that don't give as much, that get as much ink as the others? But God put them in there for a purpose, and I think it's because everybody matters to God. Every soul matters to God. Churches that we have pastored, we've, we, matter of fact, we went from a, a church that was one of the larger churches in our district to a church that was one of the smaller churches in our district. And I watched how God moved miraculously and marvelously in that large church, but I also noticed how he moved marvelously and miraculously in that small church. And it, what it showed me up close and personal is that everybody matters to God. There's not one person that's ever been born on this planet that God didn't love and Jesus didn't die for and so I'm just thinking this, when we look at the people that are very uh, invisible in the Bible, we realize that God does truly care about every person. Today I'd like to talk to you about this man named Jude in the Bible. But let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come. Thank you right now that I have the opportunity to share the Word of God. What a privilege and an honor it is, God, to open the pages of this book, to dissect it, to digest it. And I pray today every heart would be ready to receive it. Every mind will be clear. I pray the Spirit of God would take this word and let plant it on the soil of each soul, and it will bear a harvest. And, Lord, we'll, be, we'll leave here just a little bit different, turned a little bit different because of the word of God. We love you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Now, Jude, it's a small book, the very end of the Bible, written by that, the man of that particular name. He's the brother of James, brother of James, who is the brother of Jesus. So Jude is actually a half-brother of Jesus. His brothers, of course, Jesus was the son of God. His brother James was the pastor of the Jerusalem church, the beginning of, of the church age. And he's a half-brother of Jesus. Now, how many middle children do we have in here today? You're a middle child. Okay. How many have siblings who are overachievers? No matter what they did, no matter what they did or what they touched, everything they seemed to turn to gold. Are there any stepchildren in here? You had have you were a stepchild or you were had a you had a half brother or a half sister? Yes, yes. Now, and we also know this, and if you turn to John chapter five, that originally Jude did not believe that Jesus was who he said he was. Originally, Jude and James and all the brothers of Jesus. Felt like he was not for who he really says he was. Look at verse number, chapter 7 and verse number 1 of the, of the Gospel of John. And it says, After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. 
Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand, and his brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Now, here's my question here. If you, if you look back over here, why did they not believe in their own brother? Was it possibly jealousy? Was it possibly anger? Was it possibly because he was the one that was shining and they were not the one that was shining? Was it that middle child baby syndrome? Or, but it says to me, it says here, it says he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. And then his brothers turned around and said, look, if you're who you say you are, go into Judea. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like they were setting him up. If you're trying to be a hero, go be a hero. If you're trying to be the son of God, go be the son of God. It sounds like they were mocking and just ridiculing Jesus. Now, have you ever had a sibling that did not believe in Jesus? Have you ever had somebody that's close to you that was one of your own, same flesh, same blood, that didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Do you understand the, the angst in your heart and the, the hurt in your heart and the, the, the anticipation in your heart? Because, and because of those things, that person removed themselves from you. They mocked you. They maybe made, made fun of you. They maybe attacked you. But just because all because they didn't believe in Jesus. I have family members that I love dearly, friends that I love dearly, that have removed themselves from me. Because the bottom line is I do and they just don't believe on Christ. Now, it went beyond that with these brothers here. It wasn't just that they didn't believe him. It said this, look at Mark chapter 3. It says this in verse 20, it said, He went home. The crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. Not only did they not believe that Jesus who he was, they went to the past the, that particular point and said, Look, this man's crazy. It's crazy. He's not who he's not in his right mind. He doesn't understand what he's saying. But the thing is, is even in the midst of that of these brothers who we don't know much about, the one thing we do know is that God still loves those inconspicuous people. God still loves the people that don't get a whole lot of ink. God still loves the people that are maybe that middle child or they're, 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 they're jealous or they're hurting. God loves not just the big people, the who's who of the world, but he loves those that are really invisible to the rest of the world. That's exciting to me. Because that means God will love people like me. My name may never be in lights and your name may never be upon a billboard. But the thing is, God doesn't really care necessarily whose name's in lights and whose name's on a billboard. He cares about every single person. And Jesus was willing to die so that every single inconspicuous person could come to know him as Lord and Savior. That's good news today. That's good news as we read the Bible and we go through this series that God loves the one that he leaves the 99 for. He loves the lost sheep. He loves the pearl of great price. He loves the lost coin. He loves the woman caught in adultery. He loves the blind man who cries out. He loves the doubting brothers. God not only loves them, but he'll chase after them time and time again. Let me just say this. If you have an unbelieving brother, a sister, my friend, and I know you know this, but don't ever stop believing that one day you're going to get that phone call. One day you're going to get that message. One day you're going to see it with your own eyes. One day you're going to see it happen that God's going to chase them and catch them as well. Now the interesting thing about Jude here 
is that even though Jude didn't believe in Jesus, he became one of his most ardent supporters. Inconspicuous people sometimes have great potential. See, the thing is, is God sees, we just see that person, that bitter person, that jealous person, but God sees a world changer. We just see the things, the, the, the idiosyncrasies, we just think the things that, that, that just cause us to think that God can never do something with that person, but God sees something bigger than we do. And God sees that Jude could be something great in the kingdom of God. I have a brother, Charles, and he's good at everything. Everything my brother Charles does, he's good at. He was a good student. He was much better than me as a student. We played uh, ball for years. I can count on one hand how many times I won. Hundreds of times we played, I think I won twice. He got accepted to one of the academies, one of the service academies, became a veterinarian, went four years to vet school. In the middle of his career, he decided to become an IT, went and got an IT degree. Everything Charles touches is perfect. And it's hard to be his brother. Now, can you imagine if you were the brother of Jesus? I mean, let's just kind of just walk down this for a second. I mean, as far as intellect, there was nobody that was as smart as Jesus. I mean, you think about this. At 12 years old, he's in the temple debating with all the priests. And you're the brother sitting there going, I don't even know what the book of Genesis is. There's nobody that had the intellect like Jesus. How about his moral character? Can you imagine the only kid in the family that never got in trouble was Jesus? You're the one that's always getting your hand caught in the cookie jar. You're the one that's always being selfish, but Jesus is the perfect one. I'm sure it just kind of caused a rift between the brothers and him. How about this? I did not know Ronnie was going to be here today, but it just really is appropriate. See, Ronnie was the golden child. Still is. Ronnie was a great athlete, smart, good student, loved God, good-looking too. And you know, Ronnie's biggest rebellion was in college, he dated a Methodist girl. Some of you's mamas would just be glad you're dating a girl that went to church, but Ronnie's big rebellion was that he dated a Methodist girl. And then you have to come, Leanne has to come up underneath that. It's not so easy, but then again, I just think, well, that's nothing compared to being the brother or the sibling of Jesus. Do you think he was loved by his mother and father, deeply loved, a little bit different than all the other brothers and sisters? I mean, think about sitting, think about sitting around swapping family stories, and you're, and you're telling the story about the time that the star came and sat over the birthplace of Jesus. That would be hard to compare to. But here's the thing what we understand about Jude and about James and all the inconspicuous people of the Bible. This is what we know about the second best. This is what we know about the stepchild, the one that always got in trouble, the bench warmer, that even all of them as well are important to Almighty God. It doesn't matter what the name is or what place in, in, in your, your childhood that you came, everybody's important to God. Galatians says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have closed yourself with Christ. He said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
the one that the little boy in Zambia today is so critical to Almighty God. The, the old person in the nursing home today is, is, consumes the utmost attention of Almighty God. The people that nobody else thinks about, even Jude, are important to Almighty God. Reminds me of the story because the thing is, is God shows us that even those particular people are profitable to God. Story in the Bible of John Mark. John Mark was a young preacher. Paul and, and, and Barnabas were going on a missionary journey. They decided to take John Mark with him. They get to the first stop. Missionaries, you'll appreciate this. You get to the first stop. John Mark decides this is not what he had signed up for. He turns around and goes back home. You can imagine if you've ever had somebody work with you and somebody stand by your side and all of a sudden they decide that they can't, they can't, they can't do it anymore, the, just the angst that that causes. And then they go on a second missionary journey and they're deciding on who to take. And Barnabas says, hey, let's take old John Mark. And Paul's saying, we ain't doing it. He left us last time. Can you imagine the conversation that took place? He's going. No, he's not going. Yes, he is going. No, he's not going. If he doesn't go, I'm not going. Well, maybe you should not go. And the Bible says that they parted ways. But the same John Mark, listen to me, the same John Mark later on in Paul's ministry is he got to decide there was John, Paul was in prison and he was trying to tell, encourage them to bring people to him so he could have visitors. He said, when you're bringing people, he said, I tell you what, John Mark Bring him with you because he said it like this. He's profitable to me for the ministry. See, even if you failed God, even if you've let God down, even if you feel like that God can't help and God, you've gone too far, God says you could still be used in the kingdom of God. You're still profitable to me. You're still somebody that's important to me. And maybe you don't feel like you've got much to offer. Maybe you've been labeled as a quitter. Maybe you've been labeled as a drunk. Maybe you've been labeled as wishy-washy. Maybe you've been labeled by your past. Why don't you go ahead and shake that off right now because God uses inconspicuous people like us. They have great potential to God. Not one of Jesus' brothers were of the original 12. Not one of them. Not one of them was the one he chose. But here's something interesting in Acts chapter 1. Even though we realize that they didn't choose, that Jesus didn't choose them as the original 12, as we realize this, that they didn't believe in him, that they literally thought he was out of his mind, he was crazy. In Acts chapter 1, it says this, Jesus had then been resurrected, and it picks up here in verse 12. It says, they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet when Jesus had just been ascended, and they neared Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas, the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I like how God puts that in there. And his brothers. In that moment, God realized and God, God showed the, 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 the church that he could use anybody, even those who doubted who Jesus really was. I like the fact that they, well, here's what they did. They used to be opposed to him. Now they joined him. Anybody used to be opposed to this thing we're a part of. Anybody used to stand against it? Anybody used to talk about those Pentecostal people or those Christian folks? Anybody ever used to say, I just can't stand the, the hypocrites in church, and all of a sudden, instead of being opposed to them, now you joined them? I love the stories over and over of people who used to oppose us that now join us. 
I thank God for it. I thank for these, these brothers right here. They were opposed to Jesus, but when they get to the very beginning of the church age, there they are with everybody else. They joined him. Can I say this about joining Jesus? Thank you for joining Jesus today. Thank you for coming together and being a part of this thing called the church. See, there's lots of things in the day in which we live. Let me take a side note. Lots of things in the day in which we live that, are, that seem to be important. And sometimes in this day and age, people don't make this right here very important. It's not a priority to some people, but I appreciate you for taking time out of your day to gather together as the people of God and joining together with Jesus to be the body of Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lastly today, inconspicuous people. Are you still with me? Say amen. We're landing the plane. Hold on. Inconspicuous people turn into champions of the faith. Inconspicuous people, they join up, and God does something great with them, and they become a champion of the faith. This book of Jude, it's only 25 verses, one chapter in the Bible. It's one of those that's not very uh, not long. You can read it. Matter of fact, I read it five times just this morning before church because I wanted to make sure that, um, that I had a good, a good handle on it. But it's like a condensed epistle. It's like putting a bunch of stuff into one little, one to one little chapter. And it's a history lesson of how God stands against the ungodly. I encourage you to go back and read it. And Jude, as, he, as he's talking in this particular, this particular book, he says this. He, says, he said, I'd like to come to you and talk about our, our mutual salvation. He wanted to come and just talk about and share the good things about God. He said, but I need to talk to you about bewaring those who are enemies of the church. And he gives a little dissertation about those who come against God. It's really just a wonderful history lesson about how God who stands against those who oppose him. It was a time when persecution was hitting the church when Jude was written, a time when there was tough times in the church. They were being dispersed around the world. It's time when many genuine believers were wondering, we've given everything for Christ, and, and this is what we get. We get imprisonment. We get martyred. He talks of angels that have fallen. He talks of Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks of false teepers and, and, and prophets and all that. And in the midst of all that's going on, Jude tells them, hey, listen, stand strong. Be firm in your faith. Build up your most holy faith is what he says. And that was written, Jude was written by this one guy who at one time wasn't even a part of the band. He wasn't even part of the group. He was, matter of fact, he was the brother who just didn't want anything to do with him. And then God used him to stand up in a season when the church needed some, a voice to rise up and be a beacon, a beacon of light in a time when it seems like things were falling apart. He told them, look, don't give up now. Don't quit now. Because, see, the thing is, is let me just go ahead and just close today. It's because God uses inconspicuous people. God uses people that just don't get the ink that everybody else got, the, the, the who's who got, but he loves everybody. If you don't mind bowing your head, and let's pray today. Father, as we gather together, thank you for those that have come today. And God, there may not be many of us here that have our name in the lights. Many of us here may not write best-selling books. We may not be in history books. But God, here's the thing. that there, God, you're a God of these inconspicuous people. You're a God that gives them a purpose, gives them a plan. God, that you do great things with them. They have great potential. 
and they're champions of the faith. And that's what we have here today. As we come, God, to pour our hearts out, pray one for another. Believe, God, for the work of God to continue, that once again your Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, would rest here. And, God, once again we'd have an opportunity to leave here changed and made different by the person and the power of Jesus. And I love you for it and give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.